Just read an email from a guy who has a great point. Don't other states have DMVs? Why not go to the state that has the best uh, operating DMV system and say, can we borrow your software? We'll mail it back to you. Boy, that would have been a... Oh, who did you Wouldn't use? Wouldn't that say more than $100 million? Yes. Who did you use, and how do we get in touch with them, and how much did it cost? No, just saying, send us the floppy disk or whatever they well, have to do now. I don't think you now. can pirate. You have to pay. Well, pay them. Rent it. Borrow it. <laughs> but yes, there should have been, it should have been done a different way. North Pole surges above freezing. Yeah, you're bringing the heat today with the voice. North Pole surges above freezing. The uh, Star Tribune is among the nation's newspapers that can be counted on to have it in their template uh, to uh, provide uh, any hysteria that would blame evil humanity for what what is climate change, right? And today they have, the sun won't rise at the North Pole until <laughs> March 20. And it's normally close to the coldest time of year, but an extraordinary and possibly historic thaw, possibly historic, swelled over the tip of the planet this past weekend. Analysis show that the temperature warmed to the melting point as an enormous storm pumped an intense pulse of heat through the Greenland Sea. Temperatures may, so we got possibly in May possibly so Possibly in May. Temperatures may have soared as high as 35 degrees at the pole, according to the U.S. Global Forecast System model. While there are no direct, here's the key sentence in this whole story. While there are no direct measurements of temperature there, Zach Leib, a climate scientist working on his Ph.D. at the University of California, Irvine, confirmed that several independent analysis showed it was very close to freezing, which is more than 50 degrees above normal. Okay, this is a Washington Post piece, and it points out, it quotes from PhDs and various scientists, mm-hmm. and maybe they're providing extremely wise counsel. They're PhDs. I'm a talk show host. Mm-hmm. But I learned a couple of things from the piece. One, uh, the records there have only been studied since 1958. That's 60 years. The Earth's four and a half billion years old. Yeah. So we have no bleeping idea. A, they don't know. They say may, possibly, could have. We don't know because uh, there's no temperature uh, recording devices there. Now, you would think there would be. If you want to advance the hysteria, why wouldn't somebody get up there in their mucklucks and stick a thermometer in the ground so we could have accurate right. uh, readings? Uh, uh, and again, if, if this is wise counsel, I don't know what the counsel is. Because uh, the other thing I've never really heard, we've talked about it occasionally. Uh, if the earth is warming, so what? <laughs> right. Th- it's cyclical. That's what's what it does. Humans have flourished in times of warmth. Would you rather have it warm or freeze? Uh well, in any event, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question. And uh, they don't know what the temperature is up there. They do suggest that it's uh, warmer than it should be, uh, which leads you back to that one basic question, what's the temperature supposed to be? But to the credit of the story in the Washington Post, uh, uh, no, climate change was not necessarily blamed for this. It's apparently a, a goofy storm system that has pushed warmer air northward. Uh, the rest of the world, uh, as is uh, to be expected at this time of year, is experiencing 
a normal winter. I guess Britain's having a hell of a winter. Uh, I submit that we've had a long, cold winter here. Uh, but that's winter. That's the way it's supposed to be. Today, the earth is warming. Right. And nature is not doing it. Yeah, yeah, I believe nature is. <laughs> uh, so that's that's what I learned. We haven't uh, we have only been uh, monitoring this since 1958. Uh, there's no thermometers there, uh, and this is all based on a model. Uh, but uh, and again, I don't know when these uh, notes of hysteria are posted. What is it we're supposed to do? The guy studying for his PhD uh, uh, in in climate science, Zach Labe or Laib at at University of California, Irvine, uh, nothing against him, uh, but uh, did he did he did he walk to work? Does he have an air conditioner? Does he have a car? I'm not being facetious. What 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 do you uh, who believe in this? What do you want? What what I? And if it's your religion, I can't talk to you because you can't argue religion. Right. But if you're buying this uh, all the time that, um, you know, mom taking her kids to Target in the minivan is causing the world to end, what is it you want? What do you want? Do you want mom not to have a minivan? Do you want mom not to have kids? Do you want mom's kids not to be able to eat meat because cows create flatulence and that increases CO2? What do you want? Right, what's okay who's the and what's one not guy? okay? Who's the one guy? Rupa, Rupi. Nope. Uh, Pedro Luca. Oh, Pedro. Damn He's it. the one guy. I'm going to listen to the one guy who can put his money where his mouth is. Lives in a cave in Argentina, doesn't use anything. Doesn't use electricity, doesn't use gasoline, doesn't use water, do, nothing. He drinks oh. from the stream and he eats what he can trap. That's it. That's it. He doesn't have a washer, a dryer, an air conditioner, a microwave, nothing. I'll yeah, listen by choice. to That's by choice. Right. And if Pedro Luca wanted to sound the alarm and say, I live like this because... He doesn't, by the way. He's unaware of it because he's been living as a hermit all his life. Right. But if Pedro Luca wanted to say, this is how I choose to live because I'm list I, I give him rapt oh. attention. He gets uh, front of the class. He's the guy. Head of the class. He goes right to the top of the list. Mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> so apparently due to uh, atmospheric patterns, which is what you end up taking from this story, mm -hmm. Uh, some warmer air has curled northward, and from that, the uh, scientists are deducing that the temperature uh, in the Arctic is warming. Uh, we didn't get any. Uh, we didn't get any uh, head for the hills because the glaciers are melting in this story. We I didn't thought get, for sure that was going to be polar bears dying. No, we didn't as get a result of no polar bear mentions in this. Uh, and these are all well-intentioned people. I don't know what it is they want. Uh, to establish. I don't know what it is they want to do, but uh, they're doing it, and they're doing it uh, faithfully. And uh, we're learning that uh, that over the last few years, it's been warmer than normal. Uh, and they're concerned about that. Uh, their concern uh, was not fleshed out in this piece in the Washington Post. Uh, they're taken by surprise that it's possibly this warm, according to the model, the temperatures may have in... Okay. But uh, that's just a model, and and we don't know... You know who would help us with this? Who? A chief resiliency officer. Ah, uh, they could kind of tell. Well, they'd get you ready for this it. Is, this is how it works. This yeah. is... Yeah. All right. Role of the Great Denier is now done for the day.
website? Check. Tool belt? Check. Attitude? Check. He's going in. Joe Suchere. Haven't had one for a while. Oh, where have they been? Tina writes, I believe I have a ray of hope for you that may give you hope for our youth. Okay. All right. We need hope for our youth. We live in a valley in southeastern Minnesota near Wabashaw where there is no cell phone reception. Okay. Yesterday morning, our 17-year-old son was on his way to school. Around a mile from our house, he drove by a vehicle pulled over by the side of the road with its flashers on. Mm-hmm. A little farther down the road, there was a woman walking. It was her vehicle that was pulled over with a flat tire. Since there is no cell service, she was walking to find a phone. Our son pulled over and gave her a ride to the top of a hill so she could make a phone call, then took her back to her vehicle and put the spare tire on for her so she could get it to a local business to get the tire fixed. Uh, the woman said three cars drove by her walking on the road before he pulled over and asked if she needed help. Mm. Just thought you might like to hear that there are still kids out there who will help a stranger out. It can actually change a tire. Plus, it's a proud mama moment, so I'm telling everybody. <laughs> Have a great day and good luck. All right. Tina's emailed us before. Here's today's ray of hope. I would imagine that seven out of ten kids... 17 years old, can't change a tire. I'd go 8 out of 10. Really? I'd go 8. Of the three kids I used to have, I'm only going to uh, say that one could change a tire. The other two, I say, drive on the rim. Just do what you got to do. <laughs> wreck the wreck the car, get to a gas station, especially if you're on the freeway. Uh, of the three driving children that I have, uh, one of the three... Uh, could change the tire. The other two would be on the phone with me immediately saying, can you come and change it? Can you call AAA for me? Mm-hmm. Again, uh, that's this is the driverless car. Uh, it's You know, you got to get back to basics. We're, we're losing this battle. An anonymous group, reportedly 17 faculty members, have threatened to tear down a Confederate statue on the campus of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. One student said she stands by the Silent Sam statue for two hours every Monday in protest. An anonymous group uh, wants to tear it down. The Daily Tar Heel reported yesterday, I'm sorry, reported Monday that two of its editors met with and identified a senior faculty member who confirmed the existence of the 17-member group that sent a letter to Chancellor Carol Folt, saying that if the school doesn't remove the statue before Thursday, that's tomorrow, then the group would do so. The statue, known as Silent Sam, was erected in 1913 in remembrance of the sons of the university who died for their beloved Southland, 1861 to 1865. A senior Michelle Brown said she stands by the Silent Sam st- statue for two hours every Monday to protest because the university promises us a campus free of racial discrimination oh and gosh. racial hostility. And by having this up, they're not fulfilling that promise, Brown told WRAL. When it's at the front of our university, it shows that it is the thing that we value most. It's trying to send a message to black and brown people. 
another student, Meredith Rothling, told the station that it's just a very sad fact that anyone would be hurt by anything on this campus since we do like to promote acceptance and support for everything. Other students uh, told WRAL they felt rejuvenated by those who tore down the Confederate statue in Durham and then had their charges dropped. UNC leaders said they believe they can't take action on the statue because it's on public property and that a decision on it is in the hands of the Historical Commission. William Sturkey, a UNC professor not connected to the letter, added to WRAL that the statue is a resource suck on time, energy, and money, particularly because police guard it daily. Here's what I want to know. Okay. Here's what I want to know. Why are you anonymous? Okay. You're probably all tenured. What are you afraid of? Right. Uh, you want it down, you've got your reasons, why don't you make yourselves known? And if you're so passionate about it, let everybody know. I've seen the Silent Sam statue. You have? Yeah, I didn't. It, it It's now been power washed for me because of this. It did not occur to me that it was a symbol of racism. It was uh, in, in support of those who fought and lost their lives well, just during a guy, the war. It's a statue of a guy holding his, holding his rifle and... Uh, it's right there on the campus. I've been to UNC many times. Been there many times. <laughs> I think that's where Michael Jordan played. Uh, yes. I'm reasonably confident. Yes. And, uh, you know, I don't have a horse in the race. Okay. Uh, but I do know that the mystery will not be brought about in its entirety until all is removed that offends people. So why are these 17, uh, if it's in fact 17 faculty members, what are they hiding behind? Why are they anonymous? You would think they would be big heroes to the uh, to the kids who are made to feel uncomfortable. Right, kids, this is how you take a stand. This is where, at all costs, you, you get this out in the open so people know where you stand. <sighs> Silent Sam. You can't... Uh, what? Slowly go over that. And the, the the student or whoever said, we were promised, the one that visits it uh, two hours daily or almost no, she every goes, Monday. Uh, she's, she's got the Monday shift. Okay. When she visits her Monday shift, what is she, she said that the university promised a, a campus of free of stress? The or? university promises us a campus free of racial discrimination and racial hostility. and ha- And by having this up... They are not fulfilling that promise. But she, so she's she's not encountering uh, protests. There. I don't think Sam comes alive and gives her any grief. Right, starts pointing yeah. a finger at her, poking at her right. face. When it's at the front of our university, it shows that this is the thing that we value most. It's trying to send a message to black and brown people. I I don't think it is. Uh, I can I, but I do understand how she could think so because she's black. So she gets to think that, but I don't think she, I don't think the university uh, has a meeting every year to say let's make sure that Silent Sam remains because we want it to be a sign of uh, racial hostility. Uh, that doesn't seem plausible to me. Uh, although it's the academy and it's failing miserably, anything's plausible, I guess. But that doesn't seem likely. It doesn't seem likely that the uh, the statue would be uh, installed or well, it hasn't been installed. It's been up for 105 years. I think I think that might be the country's oldest university. Look that up. 
It was the University of North Carolina, the country's oldest university, UNC in Durham. A beautiful campus, absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous campus. And uh, that's where I saw the uh, the guys washing cars in the mall parking lot in that Durham uh, triangle there, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill. The University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, UNC, is the oldest public university in the nation. 17-something? Yeah, based on the start of its public instruction. Mm-hmm. And let's see what uh, they don't have the year here, but uh, yeah, but Har- now I'm getting told by the chief offsite correspondent that Harvard is the oldest, but Harvard's not public. Harvard was 1636. Uh, 1636. Now a public university, the College of William and Mary in Virginia was founded by a royal charter in 1693, making it the second oldest college or university in the U.S. After Harvard. Right. But UNC's public, so it's the oldest public university in the country. Right, from from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas Harvard and William and Mary, I, I believe William and Mary's private. It was start- and I know Harvard's private. Well, William and Mary is now public but started as a private, okay. so they're they're dismissed. Uh, Garage Discounted. Logic will be back in just a moment. Here's John Hyde in the newsroom. Thank you, Joe. Sunny and 44 degrees. This update brought to you by Metafast. Uh, speaking with Twin Cities Media today at the Combine, Vikings GM Rick Spielman said the team has not made any final calls on the three quarterbacks that were on their roster last year. Spielman said, right now we are in the process of all three quarterbacks. The Combine gives our organization an opportunity to sit down with all three of the quarterbacks' reps. I think we are in a very unique situation because of the in-depth knowledge we have on all three. Also, the practical game knowledge that we have because all three of played for us there's been no decisions made he added unlike what's being reported big 10 tournament underway today in new york city the gophers will play at night they play rutgers at seven this evening a judge has broadened the scope of a lawsuit filed by female student athletes who claim st cloud state university has offered more opportunities for men in athletics than for women chief u.s district judge john tunheim has granted class action status in the title nine lawsuit against the u in a case initially brought by women on the tennis and Nordic ski teams. Judge allowed other female student-athletes to join the lawsuit. Litigation began after the U removed six athletic programs in 2016, including men's and women's tennis, men's cross-country, women's Nordic skiing, and both indoor and outdoor men's track and field. The St. Cloud Times reports the judge dismissed a damages claim in the lawsuit, which means the athletes will not be able to get monetary damages. News notes from today. State officials forecasting a $329 million budget surplus for the upcoming biennium. And according to the Minnesota Office of Management and Budget, budget officials released the state's financial outlook this morning. The forecast is a reversal of the November estimate, which projected a slight budget deficit. Officials say the higher-than-expected forecast reflects increased nationwide economic growth. State lawmakers and Governor Dayton now have to decide how to allocate the funds. The governor... <laughs> that we that well, we don't ten, have ten yet. 10 mil is going to go to the DMV. <laughs> the governor wasn't ready to start laying out specific plans for using the surplus. This afternoon, the Democratic governor called the surplus modest and cautioned lawmakers against overspending. <clears throat> Dayton says he may lean on the surplus to fund school safety improvements and to pay for fixes of the state's troubled new computer system for driver's licenses and plates. 
He says he'll release a detailed budget proposal on March 15th. One of the top priorities for the legislature is conforming the state's tax code with the federal tax overhaul. The governor says he wants to make sure that effort doesn't result in major tax increases or major tax cuts. Cambridge's Sandy Public School District officials closed schools today because of a threat. Limited information was made available, although district officials said police are looking into the threat. In a message on the district's Facebook page, officials said, We became aware of a rumored potential threat and that we have not had sufficient time to fully investigate this threat per our protocols. As a result of precautionary measures, officials made the decision to close all schools today. Federal immigration officials says about 800 people living illegally in North, uh, Northern California avoided being arrested because Oakland Mayor Libby Schaaf warned the immigration raids were coming. U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement Chief Thomas Homan said that Schaaf's action was no better than a gang lookout yelling police when a police cruiser comes into the neighborhood. <laughs> Homan says the Justice Department is looking into whether Schaaf obstructed justice. The mayor warned residents Saturday night of large-scale raids by immigration agents in the San Francisco Bay Area. The agency on Tuesday said the agents arrested more than 150 people in California after the mayor's warning in a sweep that covered cities from Sacramento to Stockton. The aim of the operation, arrest individuals who have violated U.S. immigration laws. Agents worked on leads developed by the local field offices in conjunction with the National Criminal Analysis and Target Center. According to a press release, about half of the individuals arrested also had past criminal convictions in addition to their immigration violations, including convictions for assault and battery, crimes against children, weapons children's and DUI. Well, if they were bad guys, why did she uh, warn them, I wonder? She's a mysterious. Yeah, okay. she is. Got it. Yeah. Uh, though the dangers of smoking during pregnancy to both mother and baby are well known, just over 7% of women still light up while pregnant, according to a new government report. <laughs> You're kidding me. Younger and less educated moms-to-be were the most likely to continue puffing on cigarettes while pregnant. That, according to the National Center for Health Statistics, part of the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, uh, Patricia Fullen, director of the Center for Tobacco Control at Norwell Health in Great Neck, New York, said since smoking exposes both the women and the fetus to serious health risks, more intense smoking cessation counseling is recommended for that population of smokers. I can't. Uh, that's shocking to me that uh, gals would still be smoking. My mom pounded the heaters. Okay, but seven she didn't know I'm not better. happy. I wish she wouldn't have. Right, but but they didn't know any better back then. Right. Yeah, my wife. Or my wife. My mom was the same way. Uh, four kids. Docs used to say, in half a day. You want to have that baby? Go uh, have a martini and go for a bumpy ride in a pickup." Mm-hmm. <laughs> huh. A Texas prosecutor. Yeah, what he said? <laughs> yeah, and, you know really where do you weird. find a pickup sometimes? Yeah. You'll find a martini anywhere. I can get you a martini. Texas prosecutor this morning dismissed thirteen more cases against bikers. Remember this, stemming from that 2015 shootout at a Waco restaurant? Yeah. McClendon County District Attorney Abel Reyna made the announcement this morning, a day before scheduled hearings for 10 of the 13 bikers. The May 2015 shootout at Waco's Twin Peaks restaurant left nine bikers dead and 20 injured. The bikers faced charges of engaging in organized criminal activity. Of the original 154 bikers indicted, prosecutors are still pursuing 128 cases, Reina said his office would not pursue cases against 24 bikers who were arrested but not indicted. Earlier this month, Reina dismissed 13 cases hours before a hearing where he was due to testify on corruption allegations against him. The sole case to be tried resulted in a mistrial in November when jurors were not unable to reach a verdict on two counts against Jacob Carazal. 
According to a written statement issued on February 8th, the DA is still waiting to get evidence in possession of the U.S. Attorney's Office in San Antonio. Reina wrote, we have requested this evidence but will not be permitted to view this evidence until the conclusion of the federal trial, which happens in March. Reina also responded to accusations against him in the ongoing criminal investigation. He said the continued abuse, abuse of the criminal justice process and repeated attempts at political smear tactics are nothing more than an attempt to vote me out of office. A congressman is being criticized by the Anti-Defamation League for some comments he recently made. According to Representative Don Young, a Republican from Alaska, Jewish people would have been able to fend off the Nazis if not for gun control laws imposed by the Third Reich. He made those comments last week. He said in an event in Juneau, Alaska, how many millions were shot and killed because they weren't armed? Fifty million in Russia, he said, because their citizens were unarmed. How many Jews were put into ovens because they were unarmed, he added. Young's words offered in response to a question about guns in the wake of the high school shootings drew criticism from the Anti-Defamation League, a national organization that aims to counter anti-Semitism. They wrote, guns or lack of them did not cause the Holocaust. The Holocaust was the product of anti-Semitism and other forms of hate. It's offensive for anyone to manipulate the history of the Holocaust to score political points. Young is the longest-serving member of the House. He's 84 years old. He's not the first politician to float this uh, hypothesis. Housing and Urban Development Secretary Ben Carson made the same assertion on the presidential campaign trail back in 2015. It's true that guns were confiscated, but I don't know that that would have stopped. Wouldn't it bother me if a Jew had a weapon to kill him? Right between the eyes of that Nazi. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A Florida woman has been charged with aggravated cruelty to animals after police say she fatally shot her fiancé's dog after getting into an argument with him. (laughs) 27-year-old Giselle Taylor was fighting with her fiancé on Friday. The reason for this... uh, Fight and the dog getting Crazy shot. Oh, wait, no, no. She's in the no-go zone. She had his beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, all's I got. <laughs> nope. Uh, they were fighting because he wouldn't crack her back. The oh, boyfriend wow. or the dog? The uh, boyfriend wouldn't crack the gal's back. Really? I don't think you could. You should kill a dog. I don't think you get that. to kill a dog. For no, that. maybe. Uh, you know, I don't know. Tarpon Springs police said Taylor took a loaded pistol from their garage and walked inside, wanting just to scare the fella. Apparently not getting a response from him that she wanted, she pointed the gun at her fiancé's two-year-old boxer and fired the gun. Wow. Hitting the dog in the upper left torso. The dog later died from its wounds. Taylor drove away from the house but was stopped soon after the shooting. Uh, She was booked into the county jail, released on $5,000 bond. Uh, She has a court hearing in March. That's no-go zone right there. That's no-go zone, but oddly enough, the irony is that when the cops arrested her and she resisted, they cracked her back, so she was <laughs> somewhat happy, yeah. <laughs> so it worked out for Right, yeah, it worked out for even though they're unfortunate about the dog. And in Paisley, Florida, a woman was arrested for allegedly hitting her boyfriend because he interrupted uh, whoopee time to check on dinner. Deputies were called. Hey, that meatloaf done. <laughs> Hang on. I'll be right back. Don't move. Deputies were called. The boyfriend told the deputy that he and his girlfriend were, quote, drinking alcohol, cooking, watching the NASCAR race, and having a good time. Man, a lot going that, on. That about wraps it up, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, as if na- watching NASCAR wouldn't be enough. Yeah. Things got weird at that point, he told police. They started having sex, but then he remembered he was cooking. He didn't want the food to burn, so he took a break to check on the food. Uh, the girlfriend at that point picked up the TV and smashed it into the floor. Boyf- wow. Boyfriend asked what was wrong. Instead of answering, she just screamed and started hitting him with a closed fist fist in the stomach. Do we have her first name? Uh, yeah. Didn't is we, that uh, all? Is uh, the closed fist the, and all the jumping around, is that part of their 
Is that up or? Janelle is uh, yeah. her first You name. got a couple of no-go zone stories yeah. there. Right, the right yeah. in a row. Oh, boy. Yeah, two in a row. <laughs> Dave Dahl coming up. Was the meatloaf done? You cannot stop him. You just make a move. Joe Suzuki. Dave Dahl's Garage Logic forecast is almost balmy forecast brought to you by Robert W. Baird and Company. Here's Dave Dahl. Yeah, this has been a couple of nice days. We had 44 on Monday, 47 yesterday, and right now we're at 43. Should top out somewhere around 44, 45. What do you think the temperature would be without all this snow in the ground? Well, without the snow, it would be in the, well into the 50s, probably yeah. upper 50s, yeah. similar to our records for this time of the year. Um, mostly cloudy skies, flurries and drizzle possible tonight. It's a it, very slim chance for that. I think most of it's going to happen to our east and southeast. So for us, just mostly cloudy skies. Low down to 26. Northwest winds at around 5. Still that refreeze issue like we've had the last couple of mornings. So watch out for that. Decreasing clouds a little bit cooler in the afternoon tomorrow. 36 for the high. Friday, partly sunny and mild. Back up to 38. 42 on Saturday, breezy with partial sunshine. And then clouds roll in, some rain showers, possibly even a thunder shower late in the day on Sunday. Sunday's high 40. And then it all starts to change. Monday, rain changes over to snow during the late morning, I think, into the afternoon hours. And then snow Monday night into Tuesday. And right now it does look like it'll be enough to shovel and plow by early on Wednesday. Wednesday turning cooler. 26 for the high then with still some scattered flurries around even on Wednesday. So it's a longer duration storm than the last couple that we've had where we dropped four to six inches of snow in a brief period of time in about a six-hour period. This is going to be more like uh, 18 to 24 hours of same amount of snow. 43 for the current temp, Joe, and I have the records for the day. Last day of Feb, Feb 28. 57 on this date. 57. And I'd be willing to bet that there wasn't snow on the ground in 1932. 1932. And then 26 below zero. 26 below. In 1962. In 1960. What was it? 26 below. That was a cold uh, Feb 28 in 1962. Yeah, the early 60s had that, you know, obviously 65 was in there as well. But, yeah, yeah we had a lot of up and down back then. All right, thank you. Yep. Three Muslim women okay. walked into a bar. No. I was just going to say, yeah. Three was... Muslim women who sued New York City after being forced to take off their hijabs for mugshots in front of male officers will each receive 60 grand from the city. This is according to the New York Daily News. Uh, under what? Uh... Well, we're going to get there. The settlements were filed Monday in three separate cases dating back to 2012. A Brooklyn teenager was arrested for fighting two other girls. At Brooklyn Central Booking, she was forced to take a mugshot without her hijab in front of male prisoners and officers, making her feel exposed, violated, and distraught, huh. according to the lawsuit. The second case involved another woman forced to remove her hijab at Brooklyn Central Booking and authorities denied her request for a female photographer. In the third case, a woman who had been knocked unconscious in a fight said her hijab was removed on the scene and her request for a female mugshot photographer at Brooklyn Center Booking was denied. Okay. So each got 60 grand of, right. the, of the money. 60K. Well, minus whatever the lawyer did. Right, true. Uh, the New York City police changed the rules in March 2015 to require arresting officers to notify people that they can get their mugshot in a private room with an officer of the same gender. Jeez. All right. 
The attorney for all three women, Tahani Abushi, told the Daily News that the NYPD had issued additional directives regarding religious headwear. All right. Why call Tahani? Why do Muslim women wear hijabs? Oh, I thought you were asking me. Although all Muslims don't believe in the hijab. Don't believe the hijab is required for women. Those who do draw from Quran 24 colon 31. Which states? And tell the believing women to reduce some of their vision and guard their private parts and not expose their adornment except that which necessarily appears thereof and to wrap a portion of their head covers over their chests and not expose their adornment except to their husbands, their fathers, their husbands' fathers, their sons, their husbands' sons, their brothers, their brothers' sons, their sisters' sons, their women, that which their right hands possess or those male attendants having no physical desire or children who are not yet aware of the private aspects of women. Right. Adornment, a thing that adorns or decorates mm-hmm. an ornament. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So I guess now uh, in New York, uh, if you're a Muslim woman and you're arrested uh, and they need to take a photo of you, you get to request that I want that done in a private room. You go into the room. Uh, you get a room. And I want I want a female photographer. Apparently you are also... What, you're also now allowed to uh, leave the hijab on, I guess. Well, that seems ripe with trouble if you're taking pictures of yourself without it on. If you're so dedicated mm-hmm. and believing in the Quran, that, that leaves something to... Some I have never risk. in my life seen a religion that demands this much public accommodation. Uh, for any other religion I can come up with would be laughed at for demanding any public accommodation. Let's see. I got your your Lutherans, your Jews, your Catholics. We've all pretty much gotten along, haven't we? Even with the atheists up to this point. Let's say it's Lent, and you get arrested in New York City. Yeah. And you have no trouble getting your mugshot taken, uh, and you don't care who's in the room. Okay. And then you're in a cell, and it's Friday in Lent. Yep. And and you're Catholic. Yeah. And you happen to adhere to the no meat on Friday right. rule. Uh, uh, but they serve you meat. Corn that's, beef. That, Let's go that's corn your, beef. Oh, fine. A cool. low-grade corn beef because right. you're in jail. They serve you a low-grade corn beef. And, it, and if you don't eat that, you're not going to eat. Uh. Do you get to sue and say my religious uh, beliefs were violated? Because I'm supposed to eat fish on Friday. I'm not supposed to eat meat on Friday. I wouldn't, but apparently these, uh, you know, these, these, Muslim women thought they were entitled to some type of exposure or compensation because of because of their yeah. But do I get one hundred and eighty grand? Do I get sixty grand because I I had to eat a lousy corned beef sandwich when I really wanted a lousy fish stick? No, because you're Catholic and they're not intimidated well, by that, you, so they would just tell you go to hell. Well, my that's my larger point. I've never encountered a religion that demands more public accommodation. Uh, you better re- hey, you've been arrested. Do whatever the hell you're told, because for a short amount of time, you've lost your freedom until we've straightened this out. I think that uh, the no the no meat thing on Fridays, you know, yeah. uh, as Royce would say, uh, if that's the tiebreaker, yeah. you know, 
I'm in trouble. Well, you don't care about eating a piece of walleye or a piece of it's salmon. It's hardly or... a sacrifice. Right. Doesn't it stem from the Pope had a bunch of his cronies in the fishing business yeah, back and... in the 1500s or whatever? And they haven't upgraded the book here. Do we gotta... I want the book upgrade. Yeah. It's okay. You know, what about the poor uh, uh, beef farmer? The uh, He's got head of cattle and he needs to sell. Let's go back to my uh, analogy. Uh, if I'm made to eat the corned beef sandwich, I'm predicting to you, I don't have a lawsuit. Or if I do, I don't have one to win. Yeah, I'm But seeing... she does. She does. The Muslim woman who was in a fight or whatever. She has a lawsuit to win. I'm seeing a lousy corned beef, though. Not like the uh, beautiful corned beef sandwich, the Reuben that I, we had. I'm hung up on cultural ideology, and you're still at the menu. Holman's table. Right. Yeah. Kelly from North Carolina weighs in quickly. Yes, please. You can even have the gym brought to your place of work. And he Come sends on. a picture of a lady pushing and pulling a wagon with uh, weight materials on it to set up a gym at your place of work. So it, it's it, whatever whatever's going to alleviate your uh, busyness can be accommodated now. I don't know if that's a million dollars. Uh, you know what? We're pushing it too far. That's what the problem is. Mm-hmm. I'm having some problems here. Are you having some problems? Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm having some issues with that. I stuff. like getting gas. That's another thing. I like to go get gas. I, you get a vibe. It's you a get, ritual. You get a vibe of what's going on, right? 1500 Bruh. ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 44.